Welcome to the Case for Space podcast, episode two. I'm Travis Daniel. I'm Garrett Dixon. I'm Ben McFan. And we are from CGUHS Seds. We'll get that right one day. <laughs> we'll get that right one day. Eventually. Yeah, totally. Um, today we wanted to talk more about how space is in our schools. So. One of the big things is, how, how do we implement it more, and how do we get that interest going again? Uh, uh, saying that reminds me of, uh, like, first grade science. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you're in first grade, and you have, like, this science portion of your class. Oh, yeah. yeah. Elementary school is in, like, Elementary pieces, school is wasn't weird. Yeah. We're also weird. always really, I mean, elementary school, they're always really elementary, but they were kind of lame. Sometimes. I yeah. was taught uh, geocentricity. I don't know. Geocentricity. Geocentricity yeah. in elementary school. You were taught what? that the Earth was the I center. I was taught of the that universe. the Earth was the center. Where did you go to elementary <laughs> school? This was what was this? Ramesy Page in Illinois, I think. And I remember sitting in that class, and I was like, "That doesn't seem right. <laughs> I don't think the Earth is the center. That that's not what I've heard before. What? Like, that's not true." So obviously that's a problem. Yeah, if, that is. If, that's problem. getting out there still. I mean, it's I remember been a thousand years. Not not a thousand years, but it's been centuries since we've learned that we're heliocentric. Oh yeah. I mean, for for the record, the elementary school where I learned um, space stuff did teach me heliocentric model. It did not teach me that. Which well, is, yeah. Which is weird. But I do remember yeah. the first yeah. like. <laughs> science science thing I ever did in elementary school was in fifth grade, which I think is way too late. I think people oh, need yeah. to be instituted into science. Yeah, much I was doing earlier. we did uh well this wasn't technically a science class, but you know like the C E classes? Yeah. Uh in first grade we did like a chocolate mystery or something. I don't remember what it was. But we had we had three tries to make the best chocolate we could. So we had like the cocoa powder and the butter and the sugar and you had to kind of like put it all together so uh, that was like my first ex science experiment I, I guess I did science stuff a little earlier than fifth grade because of CE I did like paper mache helicopter projects I think, but I didn't really account those as science I did those science and people can't see this but every time we say science we're doing quotes with our fingers yeah. so <laughs> science um like experiments, like the home kind, like yeah. you'd buy from Walmart or something. Like yeah. here's a volcano, or the grow your own crystals, or something. Yeah. But yeah, I we don't really learn much in the class besides that. Hey, this is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is like fine. we didn't start we, doing like we should totally method. be showing people that this is cool. Oh, yeah, early definitely. On. But like scientific staples that, for some reason, some people decide to just go completely against. We're being instituted really late. Like being taught the heliocentric model, or just the fact that my first scientific encounter was in fifth grade and it had to do with the solar system and like the planets in order, and the fact that the planet is in fact a sphere and not not a frisbee in the middle of in the middle you of space. You did it. Well, you did that that late. Yeah. That was one of the first things we did in first grade. But to be to be fair, you guys really think the planet's a sphere? Are you I'm, serious? I'm gonna cry. <laughs> <laughs> Travis, don't do this to us. Don't what do did this. we do to deserve this? Christopher Columbus stated that it is pear-shaped. 
Like oh, Christopher Columbus. Well, technically, the Earth isn't a perfect sphere. Not a perfect sphere. Yeah, but also it Christopher Columbus was like, yeah, a not good dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's like an understatement anyways, too. I mean, to be fair, my fifth grade was in Arizona, and Arizona isn't the best on the the national education <laughs> scale. But even when <laughs> I wasn't, <laughs> even when I was in Ohio for preschool through third grade. I don't remember science. I remember math. Math was taught to me very early, but not science. I remember math being taught to me in preschool. Likewise. I, the, I at least the don't. four operations. <laughs> yeah. I, I, we didn't do division and multiplication until we were in second or third grade. Really? Yeah. Right. We didn't. Really? Like, we did basic adding well, I in did, first grade. I was doing math earlier than that. I, was, I I wasn't doing math. Like, grade. other than counting, we didn't do anything in kindergarten. I think the nice thing about instilling science, especially, like, space science in kids super early on, is it just, it gets their minds racing, right? Yeah. We've talked about this a lot, where we feel like the the early years of school, they're there to help discipline and raise children, right? Yes. And right. it's kind of creative killing, yeah. And I think by introducing science, you're introducing healthy creativity, something, the ability to be curious. You're taking and, that, that, yeah. that you're creativity taking that child and you're like mine. channeling it into something. And to, yeah. to something an extent, at least. to an extent, once you introduce science early on, or science at any level of schooling, it's almost like a, a new academic frontier, because science is always advancing. There's mm -hmm. never like a stopping point, especially with space exploration. At this point, that still is the new frontier. And just like people in, in Europe were always wanting to come over to the United States or to the colonies to come and explore and go to the West and find new things for themselves and their families. In a sort of analogy, it's kind of the same but in academic ways. You know, you, you institute science and you want to find these new things and you want to benefit yourself and others by finding new science stuff and exploring space. And I think that all starts with instituting science at a very young age like kindergarten or first grade, or maybe even prior. So, I think just general science is really good early on. Um, the Getting people super interested in space happens back then, too. Because you hear kids like, oh, I want to be an astronaut when I grow up and all that kind of thing. That's what I wanted to do. And it's, then I realized the vast terror that is the emptiness of space. It's so cool. Is it bad that that vast that terror does not scare me? It doesn't scare me. Uh, it scares me that we don't know what is all out there. But that's the fun part. That is the fun part, but it's also the scary part. I'd rather be out there than on the ocean. Yeah. yeah not that I have a fear of the ocean either. No, yeah, no. I feel like there's... Uh, it just seems like when you're in space, there's a lot of uh, like weight on your shoulders. Of, like, you, I think that's... Very little weight on your shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> a metaphorical weight. <laughs> yes, there's more stress on you to, like, you know. But if anything. Like, one wrong move could cost not only you and your life, which is already but pretty terrible, I but feel it could like cause. That's, I feel a like lot that's, of that's automated and fixed and stuff already. That's fair. Well, yeah, but I even mean, for people in space, I feel like that's humbling to a certain extent. It's an, it's an actual area of existence that isn't being pushed around by humanity. Mm -hmm. You do one wrong thing out there, you're dead. 
and you can't do anything against that. It's not like we're taking con like firm control. But over at the it same right time, now. I don't think it's it that easy to make things go wrong. Right? Yeah, I don't think you're accidentally gonna blow up the space station. No. Yeah, we have plenty of preventative and measures for that. Very kind of many thing. regulations. I just, I feel like that going to space is not something I necessarily want to do. Oh, I can't wait to. Commercial space flights oh, and stuff are coming so soon. Oh, God. Because uh, I'm not going to become an astronaut. I'll, I'll never become an astronaut. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I, my interests lay elsewhere, but I, I still want to go to space. Oh, yeah. I mean, and going back to that analogy of, you know, the new world, people were like, People had to be convinced to go to the new world. Like, hey, there's these perks over here. But then once they they were like, well, yeah. A lot of people went to the new world to escape what yeah. they, they had in the old world. Yeah. I think, you think colonizing space would be similar to that. Do you it, think it that's going to happen? Like, if Earth, you know, the, the trend that we're on right now leading to Earth's eventual extinction, right? The inevitable demise. Yes. Earth wouldn't be... Well, everything, uh, everything, everything else would be, yeah. but like with the inevitable demise, I guess, of Earth. Like, do you think that would be one of the driving forces in uh, space colonization? Well, first of all, yes. I don't think there is an inevitable demise. Probably I, not. I don't think it's inevitable, right? Right. Um, I think we not can, yet, I, at least. I still think we can definitely fix it. Okay. Um, it just takes us to put our minds together, but. The colonizing space thing is going to happen because we, it's first of all, yeah, it's a part of human nature to, to go beyond, to explore, and we've done so much exploration on our own planet, it's the next frontier. Yeah. And especially with, now that it's not necessarily, necessarily, the responsibility of governments, because private companies are doing it now too, yeah. that opens up an entirely new spectrum of space exploration. Well, the private companies are going to be the ones that take us there. Yeah. I think it's Blue Orbit, Blue Origin, Blue Origin, I think. It's Blue Origin. Um, they're based in West Texas, and they're, they've been doing practice launches of their commercial flights, mm -hmm. and they're planning to get those up and running, in, I think, the next year. That might be wrong. Mm -hmm. But within the next couple of years, at least, to have people go up for a quick trip to space and come back down. But eventually that's going to be basically our version of a cruise to the Bahamas, but it's a cruise yeah. to the moon Whoa. kind of thing. <laughs> and it'd be it'd be like that. It'd be like going to a zoo or going on a cruise. It'd be something you do for fun to go see what's out there, and then you come back down and go about your regular life. And that, that, that commercial fun part of it is going to be a big appeal for the general population. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but we're going to just go there in the first place because there is that population of us here that want to go there. Yeah. I think in, in some, going back to the analogy of, of the zoo, in some zoos, they do research at the zoos all the time. Like, mm -hmm. the zoos hold animals, but then we'll do research on space the animals. Cows. <laughs> space cats. <laughs> research on the animals while they're being held at the zoo. So it's kind of similar. You go out into space for commercial purposes for people that are like, yeah, I want to go out into space. But then... While you're going out there, you have scientists up there and out there who are also doing things out there, you know, furthering technology and other scientific areas of space. But now, since we've super strayed away, because we're really good at doing that, oh, right? Yes. <laughs> um, so going back, going back to the school thing, <laughs> um, 
was he gonna say? I don't know. Uh, 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 um, getting getting the, this integrated into the schools, right? Okay, so can you say something before we go back. Okay, okay. So, do you think space cows uh, made the the moon cheese? The moon is just a giant ball of cheese in the sky. Don't let anybody tell you anything else. All right, we can move on. All right, now let's go. <laughs> is it its own kind of cheese, or is it like Gouda? Uh, uh, that's up. For that's what the scientists need to find it out. It depends to be on determined. how the moon looks that day. Mm. To be it depends determined. on the shape of the moon. Yes. Yeah, it depends on how yeah. big the moon is. Sometimes if it's blue, it's, it's blue cheese. Blue cheese moon. Yeah. Blue cheese moon. Sometimes it's like orange and it's like, wow, that's so chill. It's like the craft yeah. American. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that okay, American. Man, we're really far off right, now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, so getting getting this, this interest in space and in schools, and I think that interest is there. It's, that interest is there for a lot of students, but they're not being exposed to it. Um, I know there's some, a lot of where we should be, Basing this is at that middle school level. Yeah. Um. That those those sixth, seventh, and eighth graders are I the ones like, who are starting to think for themselves. Yeah, I feel like that's one of the most important times to where your brain develops. Um. They're like starting what, to pivot. What, right. What it's your the beginning of your are. finding out who you are. Yeah. yeah. Which I don't think ends until like after university. It doesn't yeah. end until you die. Oh. Okay. You're always figuring out who you are over I guess. and over again. I think I just think middle school is very pivotal. It is. Uh, yeah. It's when people start to think about it's, think for themselves. It's kind of like when and you, not take what other people say at face value. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like also think about the future. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like um, kind of like like you're given a little more freedom in deciding a lot mm -hmm. of things, like just in general of like, like what you want to do, where you want to go. Yeah. Yeah. Like. As opposed to elementary school, where you're just kind of told what to do and how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, we should have... We have science classes, right? And I think this goes back to the educational forms we all want. But we middle school is when we start breaking things up into periods, too, instead of just subjects. Yeah. So you have your science period, you have your math period, you have all that. I feel First like of all, blended learning is the future, right? We shouldn't be breaking subjects apart. We should oh, be. Yeah, no. They should all be synthesized and being learned. And the thing that together. I'm, I'm thinking of right now is it's difficult to get across space, like space exploration and space science to kids because the most that some the most that some of them are told about space exploration is that it was it was a tactic of the Cold War and that's it. Well, we're taught we're taught space yeah. in two places. We're taught space in our science classes, just to get to know the solar system and stuff. And then we're taught space in our history classes to learn about the, the space race and all that. But, and maybe you'll talk about it in your other classes, maybe. But what we need to do is we, we combine we combine these core these core values, um, core values, core subjects into one thing. Maybe we're talking about these, these projects that require all of the above uh, which is that that blended learning principle and we're taking these students are like okay we want you to uh design your mission to mars and of course there needs to be some structure to that um whether that be rules or something else uh constraints but if we we give them these projects and well they can still be working on space but now they're engaging all parts of their learning with this 
if they're doing a project, they can be using their hands, they can be studying their science, their math, their English, their social studies, all, all on this, this one project. Um, and that could go for more than just space, but just for the argument of what we're doing today, having something space-related like that, that's going to really intrigue people. They're going to want to do more because of that. And that can definitely open up um, their opportunities to see that space, anything, is really more than just math and science. It can be business. It can be politics. Just like um, Space Visions taught us, there's a lot of finance and government fiddling that you have to go through to do space anything, at least in relation to governments. Well, even at our outreach earlier today, I had a lot of people coming up to me um, talking about, hey, uh, I kind of want to join SEDS, but I'm not good at math. I'm like, well, you don't, you don't, you don't need to be good at math. There's, there's, there's so many things out there. You, there's, and this is something we talk about in a lot of our outreach events. There's space lawyers, which everybody thinks is a made-up title, but yeah. it's a real thing. When we're talking about space policy and stuff like that, you can study space in so many other ways than just, oh, I'm going to be a rocket scientist. Or, yeah. oh, I'm going to be an astronaut. It's a much broader subject. And I remember somebody somebody tried to throw away the title of astrobiologist because they thought it was they thought it was fake because all you'd be studying are things that don't exist because aliens don't exist. I was like, well that's not at all what an astrobiologist would, would do. Um, from what I understand, an astrobiologist would determine the likelihood of life on a planet and or how life behaves in space. Yeah, how life behaves in space, how yeah. life would behave on that particular planet. Or like when we went to um, ASU for like preliminary space vision stuff, that meteorite that had amino acids on it. Mm -hmm. Where did that come from? That's, Where did those amino acids come from? That's a study right there. That's a big astrobiology topic. Because if that, I think it might have been you or Julia who mentioned that if that meteorite hit a different planet, then that's amino acids somewhere else in the universe. And amino acids are one of the major building blocks to life. Mm -hmm. Astrobiology is more than just little green men. Like the theory of panspermia and all that. Where originally, where we, I mean, technically we're not aliens because we were born here, but uh, life is alien to Earth originally, and maybe it developed on Mars, and Mars got hit by a meteor or something, and pieces of the earth, of Mars broke off and landed here on Earth, and on those pieces was the life that originally started at Mars. And that's that theory comes about because of, you know, like, tardigrades and stuff, these yeah, things that can yeah. live in space dormant for decades at a time. And kids don't learn about these things unless they're... I think unless they're, they're put into something that's not necessarily aligned with common core schools. Because right. I don't think I would have learned a lot of the things that I know about space if I wasn't in the STEM program here at our school. Yeah, and a lot of the things that you do learn are not things that you find interesting. A lot of them are just things that you have to know because this, you know, the government requires you to know that, and it's just the they're trivial. The yeah, the bare bones things, and like I feel like if we're if we're going to expand science to a younger uh, audience, I guess, of students, then I feel like we would need to um, cut, throw out and 
quotes um, those standardized testing just because it creates this sort of like I need to get that much done well, and nothing else. For the past century and a half or whatever that time is, uh, we've so. been being taught how to be workers and mm-hmm. how to how to follow the system. That's not what we need anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that is what we needed back then, but we don't need that anymore. We have robots that do that. Yeah, we need to be teaching a generation of curiosity, yeah. teaching them how to be passionate for these subjects, space or not. Or but, free thinkers sometimes, yeah. too. I think one of the um, a difficulty of public school is that you get kids so hardwired to do multiple choice tests, they just find ways to get around that, and all their livelihoods are built around is getting through school and thinking about nothing else. And, like, that doesn't seem fun. Mm-mm. And I, I think space is even a better medium to get free thinkers because to an extent, I'm sure you could come up with ideas about what's out there and no one can tell you they're not true because no one knows for sure. Well, space space is a catalyst for learning. Yeah. And it's something that we're not using as much as we should. It's- it's something we, we don't know a whole lot about, and I think that's why it does that. I think... There's a lot we don't know about it, and there's a lot that could happen. And because we don't know, like Ben said, nobody could tell you that you're wrong, unless it you know violates the laws of physics. Or it's already known. Like rules were meant to be broken, yeah. so... Well, I mean, the smaller you get, the less physics makes sense. And, I mean, I think there are some areas where black holes break the laws of physics. I mean, we don't... Walls were meant to be broken. We don't, no, no, no. we don't know everything about black holes, though. But they're cool. They are cool. They're black spheres. Um, they're, they're not black. They're nothing spheres. <laughs> are, uh, are they everything spheres? They're all light spheres. But they're, at least, they're, at but least they're, from what I know. But they have an infinite amount of mass, so they can't be light. Are they? Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's a large amount of it's mass. A large, yeah. large amount of mass, yes. But then they they wouldn't be light if they had that much mass. They'd be really heavy. I don't know. What? I mean, yeah, <laughs> they're not all light. They're not a hundred percent light. Anyway, <laughs> um, heavy though. They're very heavy. Yeah. So I think middle school is a big area that we should be focusing on and getting the space stuff and doing that outreach doing all that. But going to the high school level, we see where students are really starting to think about their future more than anywhere else, Right. especially the upperclassmen. Their adult life is getting really close, and they're trying to figure out what they want to do with that and where they want to go. And there's so much opportunity out there in relation to space and I think there's something innately built into us as humans that that desire to explore that desire to find the next frontier and figure things out and by creating an appeal to that desire we can teach kids to uh, also wait <laughs> lights <laughs> thank you oh man we have auto lights in this room okay so and we can also have people start thinking about space and more than the just oh that's that thing above me yeah right and just getting that general interest there and it's not just because I want people to be interested in space which I do 
it's just, I think a lot of people don't know what they're missing out on. Yeah. Even with the stuff that we talk to people about all the time, they're like, wow, I didn't know this, or I didn't know that. That's amazing. How, how simple things like sunglasses and memory foam came from the Apollo missions and trying to go into space. Was it Discovery or Apollo? I don't know. I don't know. There's something. Some space adventure. Apollo might not be a, a, that one, but some... Apollo lasted well like into the early 80s. Some endeavor... The Discovery missions were long. Some endeavor into space eventually led to things like sunglasses. And I think another way putting space into school would, would help is for those people who are like, well, I'm more worried about things on Earth. I'm more worried about everything that's going on in my life. And I don't think you necessarily have to be worried about space. But just being interested in it is... Being interested in space is not like being interested in a fantasy, which I think some people take it as. Oh, you're interested in space, you must not care about anything that happens on Earth. No, no, not at all. Like Mr. Morris likes to say, there's not, there's never been a dollar spent in space. Everything that happens in space comes back to Earth. Mm -hmm. And getting people to realize that going out into space isn't just, just out there. There's repercussions that happen on the planet and people still care about things on the planet even though doing things in space is, is important and enlightening kids to this in school I think would to an extent pique their interests like you can do more than just be in space and only be in space well there's there's so little exposure to these kinds of things out there especially in our pit stop town <laughs> nobody nobody cares unfortunately yeah. and it's not because they just dislike space or they think it's dumb. It's they just don't know. And it's part of the school's job to expose children, especially at the high school level, to the opportunities that are coming. And that's not happening. So I think what we need is some sort of call to action. Yeah. Um and I know I know Seds in general does a lot of stuff talking to and politics and all that. But we haven't been super involved in that yet, but I would like to be. Um, but we need to speak to our school or our district or something and see. And this goes for everybody uh, all around the nation. What, what can we do to change this, right? The students are being processed through a system that they're getting... They're not getting their full say in, and let's change that. Let's see, we have this large population of students that are like, I want to learn more about space. I, I see space as this huge upcoming thing, this new frontier, and I, I want to do more with it. So let's do more with it. Going on. Let's stop talking about it and just do it. Yeah. Oh, I wish that would happen so many other times. Um, but going off of like what you're talking about, like with school reforms, like I've been thinking about these for upwards of five-ish years, just because of how it seems backwards almost, like our school system, how it works now. It's of very like, Yeah, like I feel like once you get to your junior, senior level of high school, you should already know what you want to be doing or already have an idea of what you want to be doing so that you can take classes that would 
sort of help you learn a little more about that. But by all means, that doesn't mean if you don't know what you want to do that you're like super bad off that you're going to oh, fail. Oh, right, right. Because, I mean, let's be honest, the school system really isn't the best in showing kids all the opportunities. They yeah. Have. But like, well, that's what I've observed. I've observed, observed people that are completely okay with just being burger flippers for the rest of their life. That's, for a lot of the people in our area, at least, it's really just what they know. They know yeah. that, and they know what their parents are doing. And I think instituting these things like this in school would also help to show them that they don't have to be that. Just because that's the only thing you know doesn't mean that's what you have to be. At the middle school presentations, I mean, I think I already told both of you guys, there's that girl that came up to me and said, I can't do this because I'm not smart enough. You don't have to be smart. You just have to work hard. Believe in yourself and work hard, and you'll get there. Well, we need to normalize that, too, because people yeah. see stuff... These, these huge feats, like, leaving the planet. And they're like, well, I, I can never do that. Right. Yes, but, you can. Well, you can't do that alone is probably a better way of saying that. Because it's not, like, I went to NASA last, or the, the Johnson Space Center last summer. Mm -hmm. And, like, we, we got to watch in on Mission Control. Um, and there was, you know... 40 or 50 people in there just running the ISS. I mean, that's even a, a good life lesson there. You might not be able to do it alone, but you can do it with help. Right. Don't decline the help. Yeah. Right. I, I think people are, are, are so quick to shut down ideas like going to space because it's hard or because they don't think they can do it. Well, yeah, sure, it's hard. Every Just about everything in life is going to be hard, but no you, matter what. Anything so choose you, the hard things that are fun. Yeah. Right? Yeah, choose something you enjoy. It... I think there's nothing more satisfying than completing something that was super difficult. Something that took you so long, made you pull your hair out, and you complete it, best feeling ever. It's kind of funny, because it's that whole thing where it's like, well, w w what do I get in return? And somebody's like, oh, you, the satisfaction of a job well done. And that, that's seen as a big joke, and how it's like, oh, well, you're not getting anything. The satisfaction of a job well done is amazing. It is so good. <laughs> if you ever, if you've ever built that robot and seen it turn on for the first time and function, that's an amazing feeling. You built your first rocket and it launches and does exactly what you want it to do. That's amazing. Let's say it doesn't work. That's not so great, but you learn from that failure. You do it again. It's even more amazing yeah. because it yeah. was wrong the first time. You had that extra step of. It's not working, and I need to figure out why it's not working. You don't want to see... You don't want to give up on these ideas yeah. or yeah. these dreams just because it's difficult. And I think don't space be, pushes those... Dreams. Don't let your dreams be dreams. Just do it! Shia LaBeouf is a god. Um, space pushes those very, very well. Because I know one of the big factors in the decline of space support for at least America, was, I forget the name of the shuttle, but the one in the late 90s or early 2000s that exploded and killed oh, like four people. Yeah. That, that one was horrible. Well, everybody is ready to just throw it away. Throw it away. The stuff. But it's like, no one ever wants to mention that I'm sure plenty of people died to civilize, and I put that in quotes, the, the colonies in America, or really any land on Earth. Not that death for a cause is necessarily okay. Uh, yeah, not saying that it's what you want, but sometimes to get 
where you'd like to be, sacrifices are needed. Well, mistakes are made. Both. Mistakes are made and sacrifices are needed. You can't have everything you want, and sometimes mistakes are made. You're so. not going to succeed at everything. Sometimes you got to break some eggs, and sometimes you drop them on the floor. You know, you, yeah. you got to make the omelet somehow. And just to put a disclaimer out there, <laughs> sometimes sacrifices are made. That does not always mean that you're sacrificing people. You can sacrifice other things other than people. Yes. Also, sacrifices aren't uh, necessarily necessary all the time. That is true. Sometimes it is purely just mistakes. Well, is there any anything to close this up? Because we're uh, lo- running a little bit over time now. That's fast. Speed. <laughs> space is important. Space is Im- yeah, space is important. Don't let anybody ever convince you otherwise. Don't let your dreams be dreams. Just do it. But that's the biggest thing. Take action. Take control of your life. And if you're interested in space and you think it's hard, do it, do it anyway. I mean, look at us three, like, we're all doing space stuff and, you know, on top of everything else we're doing. Yeah, I mean, it's, we're doing it because we enjoy it. It's not necessarily easy, but it's something we enjoy doing. So, thank you, everybody. Um, This has been the second episode of Case for Space. Once again, I'm Travis Daniel. I'm Garrick Dixon. I'm Ben McFan. And this has been the Case for Space. My phone fell on the couch. Oh. I swear if you tell me it wasn't recording.